Nemius Keda is a Sacramento King. College football is just under a month away. Welcome back to another episode of the Statesman Sports Desk Podcast. We have a lot to get to. Thank you for joining us. Seriously, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, joining me on the other mic today, as always, Jacob Nielsen, my editor, and I'm your host, Parker Ballantyne, just a measly writer at the same at the same paper. Well, there's there's a lot going on in Aggie Nation right now. Um, obviously, Nemeus Keda getting drafted to the Sacramento Kings. That's going to be something we talk a lot about. But we have Justin Bean also signing a deal with Taco Time. Well, you know, Parker, Justin Bean signing a deal with Taco Time, that might be the biggest news of the entire past week, right? I I know it's it's Keda getting drafted. I know, I know. But yeah, Justin but like, Bean. Yeah, big deal. Big deal. Like, right? big deal. Here's what I love most about it is Justin, he dropped it like, draft night like he just kind of like snuck it in there <laughs> that was pretty funny actually yeah i i thought the timing of that was pretty classic but um i think it's perfect obviously it's yeah. the first like real endorsement deal that we've had athletes yeah. sign with barstool sports whatever the heck that means but um air quotes don't really work on podcasts huh yeah no one saw you do that other than me yeah shoot <laughs> um but uh yeah so being signing with taco time i read somewhere that he's one of the um, most wanted after sought after athletes in the state of Utah. Oh yeah, which I believe that. Which I believe because he's probably the face of the face of student athletes at Utah State. And yeah, he's not such just a, basketball, but just all student athletes. Exactly, and he's such a friendly guy. He's such a likable guy, and his, his last name is Bean, right? So yeah, that was an obvious one. Taco oh, yeah. Time, Justin Bean, for sure. Front page news: Justin Bean with Taco Time, and then back page news. Nemius Keda getting drafted or something like that. <laughs> That's right. Well, one other thing that I read, the Desert News had a story about Justin being signed in the deal, and it said that Taco Time had approached Utah State Athletics um, probably the 2018-2019 season to do a – because we had Deogo Burrito on the team, right? Yeah. So they wanted to do a bean and burrito type sponsorship deal yeah. with Utah State Athletics, but obviously – with the NCAA rules back then, that was a no-go. Wouldn't work. But Talker Time has had Justin Bean on the radar for quite some time now, and so happy that uh, they could uh, They've they just been, get the marriage done. Right? They've been waiting for this. Taco Time was probably lobbying in Washington, D.C. for those two years. Like They're the reason that the, the, the Supreme Court unanimously decided that we're going to go. We're going to go this route for NIL. It was just all Taco Time money. <laughs> <laughs> and they... They made that happen. That's good for them, though. Like, that's, that's free, so funny. Free Mexi fries for all in the yeah. Supreme Court coming to Utah. Free Mexi fries. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That was that was really funny, though. Justin Bean's awesome. Like, he's just the kind of guy that you'd want to tie your brand to. So, good for good for Taco Time for seeing the value there. And that's just the first of many, I think. Not only for Justin Bean, but just for all the athletes at Utah State. Like, they're going to – I think we're going to see a lot of um, deals signed. So, that's awesome. Um, and then in other news – uh, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is back. Um, how does that affect Jordan Love in Green Bay? So, old man Rodgers is back in Green Bay. You know, I've been kind of watching this closely. He had some Spanish lessons he was taking with his wife or girlfriend or I don't know. And in Green Bay, and they canceled them. They canceled their Spanish lessons. This would have been like a week ago. So when I saw that he canceled Spanish lessons with with his lady in Green Bay, I'm like, He's out of here, right? Like, he's not going back. Two days later, he announces, like, I'm back. He shows up at training camp. He 
pretty much like dissed the entire organization. Said like, screw you guys. I just love the fans. But he's back. He's going to be the starter, right? Like we're talking about a Hall of Fame caliber player, right? And so obviously Jordan Love is the reigning MVP. Exactly. He's not. Going exactly. Anywhere. He might be the best quarterback in football. And so he'll be the starter. There's still talks that maybe they'll trade him because I think the front office hates his guts. I would too. He seems like kind of a pompous dude. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to stand him even though he's super, super good. So he could still end up in Denver or something. But for right now, he's on the Packers. He's the presumable starter. Um, and I guess, yeah, that makes Jordan Love drop into that second spot. Yeah. One thing I'll say, Aaron Rodgers, they, he screwed over Blake Bortles. They waved Blake Bortles. The Packers had good old Blake Bortles. And he did. Rodgers comes back, they wave him. And so I think that was kind of messed up. But. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is just, like, leaving, like, this trail of, like, destruction everywhere <laughs> he goes. Um, like, it hasn't been a good situation, I think, the way he's handled it. Um, he kind of screwed over Blake Bortles, and he also kind of made Jordan Love out to be like this unwanted stepchild when, I mean, that's not what first-round drafts are. Like, first-round draft picks are not unwanted stepchildren. You draft them for a reason. So I think the way he's handled this has really put Jordan Love in a tough spot. Um, but at the end of the day, is is second string really that big of a deal? Like, is that really a bad thing for Jordan Love to come off the bench to, you know, an MVP Hall of Fame quarterback? Like, I don't think it's the worst situation in the world. Um, but I mean, I wish Aaron, I, I wish Rogers was like nicer about it. Like, I'm sure I just don't know how much like mentorship is happening there. Um, but if given the chance, if Jordan Love were to learn from Aaron Rodgers, like that's a great opportunity. I just don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but yeah, obviously we'd like to see Love be the starter yeah. as Utah State supporters. That would be really fun. But in terms of his development, it all it sounds like he isn't really ready for that, and then we're going to just throw him into the Wolves anyways. But if Aaron Rodgers decides to be a good dude and be some sort of a mentor for Jordan Love this season, then maybe that could be beneficial and uh, it could help prepare him when Aaron Rodgers does inevitably retire or move on. Yeah, and and it's only Love's second year, so he'll get his shot. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that come in and start as a rookie. You know, it's it's totally fine. Like, I think it's a fine situation if if he can make the most of it. So we'll just, I guess, see what happens. Don't expect a lot of snaps for Jordan Love this year, but in the coming years, I think, you know, this could be good for his development, like you said. Speaking about football, back on the college level, fall camp starts on Friday, which will probably be tomorrow. Um, so Utah State fall camp starts on Friday. That means the the season is just right around the corner, and I could not be more excited. The season's less than a month away. We're really gearing up, getting into football mode. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's here, baby. It's here. It's here. Fall <laughs> camp is here, and, you know, fall camp might be the best time of college football because you haven't lost any games yet. <laughs> we got a brand-new coaching staff. We're hearing all these great things. We're hyping them up, and it's like, yeah, go Aggies. Like, that's kind of like the, kind of the mentality floating around. So – Fall camp, there's going to be a lot of questions that have to be answered, and we can talk about that later. But it's going to be good to see the guys practicing in pads. There's going to be two games that the public can see. There's going to be two scrimmages. Practices are closed, but you can see two scrimmages, one on August the 14th and the other on August the 21st. And so keep that in mind. But it's here. Um, Fall is in the air. 
kind of. I haven't seen any leaves change yet. Hopefully, it's too too warm still. It's too warm. It's still. too hot. Dude. It's we're actually in reality we're in the middle of summer still, right? Yeah. <laughs> like on the calendar year, fall doesn't start till September twenty first. We still got over a month, but mentally, mentally, it's always fall in my head. That's true. I Men- just skip summer. In my mentally, I'm in a McDonald's drive-through lane. In, in the fall, like, watching, like, a college football game on my phone. Like, okay. that's mentally where I always am. So, I'm thrilled. It's a good place to be. It's a great place to it's be. It's a good, happy yeah, place. So I'm thrilled for fall camp, and we'll talk about that later, but uh, it's here. It's upon us. So Yeah, definitely lots of football coming up, lots of football content from us coming up, so stay tuned for that. Um, but today we do want to talk about Nemius Keda getting drafted to the Kings, 39th overall. That was so... Well, it was a lot. It was it was huge. I kind of had mixed feelings. I was watching the draft, and I remember it, it happened during a commercial break, of course, but I see Nimi Escada's name come up in purple with the Sacramento Kings logo right there, and my immediate reaction was, like, you know that video, that clip of Devin Booker right after the Bucks win the finals in Milwaukee, and he's just looking at the confetti, and he's like, damn. Just a look of, like, exa- and he's, like exasperation. he's just exhausted. Like, that was me. I just look at the screen. I'm like, damn, like, is this really happening? Like, I was just, it was just kind of, like, sucked it out of me. And I'm not, like, I was, st- I was, like, so excited. And I, but I was also, like, gut punched. Like, I think that was the part that was just, like, so exhausting. It was just the mixed feelings that I was having in that moment. But uh, there's a lot to unpack there. What were your initial reactions? And then let's dive right in and talk about Nimi Escada. Well, my first reactions well one i'll say this we had a story that i'd written up it was going to be ready to go right but the problem was i was working at my side hustle job at, at the old nose domino's pizza and so i had to like have like notifications ready on my phone like so right when i saw it i like pulled over pulled out my computer got on there like published the story so my first reaction was just like straight business mode like he's been drafted like i gotta get the story up we gotta get cranking but then when I got home, I had a chance to kind of think about it. Mixed feelings because it's the Kings, right? Um, I used to be, now brace yourself for this. I used to be a big Jimmer guy, Jimmer Fredette. So I thought about two of my guys, Nemeas Keta, and then before Jimmer Fredette, he got drafted by the Kings, right? And I remember being so excited and then the, his career didn't amount to much in the NBA. And we can argue about why it didn't amount to much, but the, the biased Jimmer lover that I was as a teenager thought it was the Kings' fault. Like, they played Isaiah Thomas more than Jimmer, and they totally screwed him over. So then I was like, my guy Keta is now on the Kings. Like, Kings got a bad rep. They don't, they don't make the playoffs. They don't develop guys. And so not super thrilled about that. I kind of shared that with somebody in the athletic department. I sent someone a text that night, and they responded, well, if I was making six figures to work at McDonald's or something, I'd be happy. Like, <laughs> just pretty yeah, much saying, like, yeah. Ked is still, he's still rich. He's in the NBA. Well, and, and so, he's doing what he's lo- he loves. Exactly. Like, he's getting so, paid to play basketball. There's really, for him, from his perspective, and honestly, from our perspective, we shouldn't be, like, pessimistic about this. Yeah. But there, there's a little bit of that because he went to Sacramento. Yeah, that was that, that's, that's something I thought of, too. I was like, wow, this is going to, you know, this is going to sound like a familiar situation to a lot of people down south from us like a lot of people in utah might remember a certain player getting drafted to sacramento that time it didn't work out too well and i really hope this one turns out different but yeah like you said like the kings they don't 
they're just not good. Like, like there's no sugarcoating it. They're not a very good team. Worst team in the league in defense last year. Haven't made the playoffs in years. Going on an NBA record of not making the playoffs, assuming they don't make the playoffs this year, which is probably a safe assumption. A rough situation for sure um, at first glance, but there's there's a lot to unpack. Let's Let's just talk purely about place in the draft, him going 39. What do you think about that? You know, leave the location, the team out of it. Uh, just him going 39, I thought was pretty big. Uh, what did you think? Well, Parker, you were spot on. You said in the podcast last week before the draft, I think he's going somewhere in the 25 to 40 range, which, eh, there's only it's 60 a, like, picks. Yeah, it's that's, a 15 pick range. That's a 15 pick it. range. I'll take it. So, like, I'm giving you credit, <laughs> but, like, minimal amounts of credit. Yeah. But I predicted he was going 45th. So I was six away, but I didn't, like, hit the range. I should have done what you did. I was closer. I should have been, like, he's going anywhere from 20 to 60, and then I would have gotten it. Yeah, would have been fine. Missed opportunity, but 39th is awesome. Um, Namias Keta going 39th in the NBA draft is the highest Utah State pick since Brian Jackson went 26th in 1981. 1981. Like, 1980. Like, I think, like, my folks were, like, four and five years old. Like Yeah, my dad was, like, in elementary school. Yeah. Like, I was nowhere near this planet at that time. That's right. So, pretty phenomenal accomplishment. 39th, obviously, it's second round, but it's early second round. And so, the expectation is, like, I don't know. If you're in the 30s, most of the 30s guys, they don't get thrown off to the G League, right? Like, they start on the roster. Yeah. Hopefully, get some playing time, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, thir- yeah, you you're still drafting talent in, in the 30s. I think once you get into the 40s and 50s, you're probably looking for more upside potential, taking a risk on somebody. But 39, that's not really what you're doing. I think 39, you're still drafting for you know one of the best players available or someone that fits really well with the program. Um, the Kings did actually come out in their post draft interview said that they were going um, best player available route. So. That means that, to them at least, Nemius was the best player at, available at 39. But, yeah, I mean, him going that high, like I said, I kind of expected he'd go higher than some people thought. I thought he would go about where he did. And I really, I called it. Like, if you, I last show, I called it. You called it. I, there's this part in last week's show where I talk about the teams I don't want him to go to, and I mentioned two teams, and it's Houston and Sacramento. So I, I was spot on. Uh, yeah, 39 is about where I thought he would go. But but he ended up in Sacramento. Were you, you know, you mentioned you're still happy for him, but in all reality, what do you think happens to him? What, where do you think his career goes from here? Um, well, here's the good, the good thing about him being on the Kings is, and this is also to my point of why early second-round picks usually get a chance to play. It's because if you're picking in your second-round pick in the 30s, you're usually a, not, you're a lottery team, right? that is still trying to build talent. And so the fact that he's on the Kings, there's going to be room for him to play. If he went to the Clippers or to the Bucks, like Sam did when they already have a ton of depth and a ton of dudes probably wouldn't get shot. But I think that uh, he's going to, I heard some rumors that he might start playing in the G league, just Twitter crap. I'm not totally sure. I think he starts on the roster right away. Um, the Kings did just trade for Tristan Tompkins, Thompson. Thompson. Yeah, from uh, I'm 
thinking Devin Tompkins. My my mind just my mind runs. <laughs> You're in football mode, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm a Utah State Aggie. That's how my my mind thinks. But Tristan Thompson's they traded for him from the Cavs, and so that's probably going to be their starting center. So he'll be back up to him, and then you got Marvin Bagley at the forward, right? Rashawn Holmes resigned too. Great point. Five year or what is it? Four year, fifty five million, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. They're they're going to pay him that much. Like he's going to be their guy, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so the definitely there's a lot of competition in the front court, and so he'll kind of have to break through that. But yeah. Kendrick Perkins, I mean, that the dude kind of says whatever the heck he wants for clicks, right? <laughs> yeah. But the night of the draft, Kendrick Perkins says, don't be surprised when Numias Keta is the starting center on the Kings by the end of the season. I and love that, but I also don't think Kendrick Perkins has watched a Kings game in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're right. I don't... Yeah, I, he's I probably right. never seen Namias Keta play, oh, and he's probably never watched a Kings not. game. He's just like, yeah, he's gonna be a starter. He's, he's like, just that, out that guy's got cool hair. Like, yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, his suit was nice. He he was he was oh, looking fresh. Nimi was good. looking dapper. Yeah, he looked good. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The Kings, it's such a complicated situation because it just so so. I became like the biggest Kings fan on the planet. And so ever since draft night, I've been super tuned into like local radio in Sacramento. I've been listening to like anything I can get my hands on, reading a lot. Um, and I, I, I'm honestly starting to get the vibe that it might just be the wrong team. I mean, it's definitely the wrong team, but it might just be the right time, like wrong team, right time kind of thing. Sacramento, they might just be turning a corner. I know that sounds probably familiar to anyone who's a Sacramento fan. Um, but they have, they have, they're, they're on like a five Parker, year none window. of our listeners are Sacramento fans. I don't think anyone's a Sacramento You're the only fan. Sacramento I'm, fan. <laughs> I'm a Sacramento fan. I'm a big time Kings fan. Um, and this is our year. As of last week. As, as of last die week. Hard. As of last Let's week, die hard, Sacktown. Um, I actually, I know one Sacramento fan. Now that really? I'm thinking about it, I know one. Lives in Santa Barbara. Lives in Santa Barbara. Yeah. I don't Any know. roots. I don't know why he's not You got like fan. four... You got three other teams. You got the Warriors, the Lakers, and I mean, no one shares with the Clippers, but that's true. Uh, um, but they 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 are making like actual moves. Um, they like like we mentioned, they re-signed Rashawn Holmes. They brought in Tristan Thompson, which is a lot of bigs. But I, th- I it sounds like they're still making moves. Um, Sacramento, there's rumors, or it's not rumors, like they're they are interested in Tobias Harris. But I mean, so are 29 other teams probably. Um, I mean, if they land somebody like Tobias Harris, um, I think the Kings realize that they're on like a five-year window with De'Aaron Fox. His contract is up in five years. They have five years at most. So I think they want the rebuild to be over. Like, it's it's the, the rebuild has to be over now. It's time to actually go out and get some results. So that's kind of just what I'm picking up on just from where Sacramento is. Not a good team, but it might be a team that's like genuinely on the up and up. But we'll see. We we don't know. They've just been so bad for so long. But they are starting to get some dudes. It was really funny. I was like looking, like Instagram comments, Twitter comments. And I'm not a big like read the comments guy. I think it's just toxic <laughs> everywhere. Anywhere <laughs> there's a comment section, it's probably going to be toxic. But it was just so funny, like watching the comments, listening to public radio in Sacramento. It was like everyone. At first, I, they've come around on it, but everyone at first was super mad about Davion Mitchell. And so they would just ran. They're like, how could we do, you know, what we wasted our first pick. Who's this Davion Mitchell guy? Like, 
his draft stock was inflated by the tournament run. I think that's true, actually. And it's probably true, but, like, everyone was so mad, and then he'd be like, oh, this Nemius Keda guy seems fine. So it was funny, like, he was on draft night, at least. He was kind of the favorite of Sacramento fans because they were pretty upset about Davion Mitchell. <laughs> um, but I think Davion, like, I think they're coming around on Davion. I think he's going to be good. I, I think there's a lot there. I don't think they're going to be a bad team, but when he got drafted, my first thought was kind of like, yours, like, oh, well, he'll play. He'll be a starter. But then they go out and sign Rashawn Holmes. They um, they re-sign Alex Len, who's also a center. They bring in Tristan Thompson, and all of a sudden, I would Nimi's I like, would hope that Keta could outplay Alex Len. You well, he I think he can, but he's not going to start on the depth chart above him. It's, like it's he's fair. like th- there's a good chance if this is the lineup, he starts the season at fourth on the depth chart at center. That's you going to the G League. Yeah, that's true. Like that's a lot of work. If you're a backup center. That's fine. Like, Nimi can be a backup center for a couple of years or half a year or whatever and be fine. If he's starting the season as a fourth-string center behind Rashawn Holmes, Alex Len, Tristan Thompson, that's not a great situation for him. So, And we'd rather probably have him in the G League developing yeah. than sitting on the end of the bench and yeah. not playing at all. Right. Yeah. And that's the other thing, though. The Kings aren't going to keep four centers, especially on such a guard-heavy lineup. So I would count on Alex Len, Tristan Thompson, or Nemius Keita, two, one or two of those to be moved. So you just you just never know. Then that that's, like, new, like, developing information, I guess. Like, Rashawn Holmes re-signed, like, two days ago. It happened after the draft scene with Alex Len. Um, there's also rumors that the Kings are still interested in Nerlens Noel. And so I don't know why they need five centers, <laughs> but like if they can bring in Nerlens Noel, like, yeah, that's a great backup center for Rashawn Holmes. But that means Alex Len, Tristan Thompson, and Nimi have to go somewhere. So you just never know what's going on in Kingsland. They seem to think that they're on the up and up and like, we'll see, but. Um, just how do you how do you think he fits in? Assuming he sticks around in Sacramento, assuming their roster looks like it does now or similar to what it does now, minus you know they've got to move Buddy Heald. He's not going to stick around for very long. But you know, if this is kind of the roster they're working in, how do you think he fits in on a team like this? Super young team, like I alluded to before, really guard heavy team. Uh, how do you think he fits in, and what do you think his role is going to be? Well, I will say, I'm not a Kings fan. Like you are as of a week ago. I'm a big time Kings fan. I don't know a ton about them. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, like he fit the (laughs) rotation here. And, you know, like, yeah, like I matchups and stuff. But I know what Keta can bring to a team. And he absolutely could be a solid backup center, somebody that has that presence defensively. And the biggest doubt, right, is his perimeter defense. That's one of the things that we've heard, and so I don't know if that's going to be a problem. I think they have a guard-heavy lineup, right, with Buddy Hild and Fox and all of them, and so yeah. it would. I don't know how well he would fit with those guys and Marvin Bagley on the court, and he obviously wouldn't be playing with two centers on the court, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I, from my minimal knowledge, I don't know how well he will fit, I think he just has to make himself so valuable that they can't they can't keep him on the bench, right? Yeah, like just defensively yeah. and around the rim, he's got to be such a valuable um, protector of the glass and shot blocker that they got to just put him in the game, right? If someone's playing well, you can't keep him on the bench for long, so you either have to move him or play him. I hope that happens to to Nimi. 
I think if this is kind of their lineup, and Marvin Bagley's actually one that they're they're trying to move. So they're trying to move Marvin Bagley and uh, Buddy Heald. If they can offload those two pieces, I think it's better for Nimi. But I think Nimi could actually fit in with, with this lineup. The Kings have talked a little bit about running like a a three-guard lineup with De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Davion Mitchell on the court at the same time. That's not going to be your starting lineup, but that could be like a, like a heavy rotation, like heavy minutes could be played like that. That could be a good closeout um, rotation. You see a lot of teams kind of do that to close out games. You have more of a versatile three-guard lineup. And the thing about three guards is you have lots of shooting, but someone's got to protect the rim. So if you're going to have Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton, and De'Aaron Fox on the court, you need a rim protector that can eat glass and, like, Nimi is like a bloodhound when it comes to rebounds. Like, he, he has, like, great instincts around the hoop. Um, like, just great instincts, period. Like, he, for blocking shots and um, picking up rebounds. So, like, I think that's something that if he could develop and de- if that translates from his college level to the pros, like, that could work. And, like, a lot of people talk about how the, like, a true center is, like, a dying breed. I don't know if I, I – I don't think I'm buying that. I think the future of basketball is – it's positionless, like we're seeing that already. But I think the future of basketball is more of three guards and then a, just a mean big center, like a rim protector. Like, for me, my all-time all-basketball team would be, like, Steve Nash, Steph Curry, Kyle Korver, Dirk Nowitzki, and then, like, Shaquille O'Neal. Like, give me four shooters – and just somebody to get rebounds. And that's kind of what Sacramento is leaning into with this three-guard lineup. But like, that's kind of what they're leaning into. Um, and the other the other notable thing is Sacramento had the worst defense in the league last year. And this year they drafted probably the best or second best point-of-attack defender in Davion Mitchell. And probably the best rim protector of the draft in Nemi Escada. So... That, to me, says that the Kings are at least serious about... I mean, they're talking the talk. I mean, you drafted two players. That's walking the walk at that point. Like, uh, that, that, to me, seems like they're more serious about winning games. Like, they want to add to their defensive side of the ball. That could work for Kata if you have Tyrese Halliburton, who's a pretty good defender, De'Aaron Fox, who's an okay defender, and Davion Mitchell, who's a great defender, with nemius Kata at the five and then your lineup is kind of made up with who who's running the four yeah that's a great point with yeah. uh you're saying nemi can almost kind of offset the fact that they might have a three or a four guard lineup and then just yeah. one big behemoth because if you get like one power forward and then four guards it's probably not as effective but yeah it's, it's could, not the same he could kind of anchor that defense potentially so that would be awesome if that came to fruition um something that to look out for right now Summer League started. Um, Keta did not play last night mm-hmm. because he's dealing. This is from Jason Jones. I think he's a reporter, or I know he's a reporter for <laughs> the Kings for the Athletic. He says, Namias Keta is dealing with an injury that kept him off the practice court until today, where he did five on five work. Keta was able to run and move well. That tweet was from Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Okay. But he did not actually play Tuesday night. And so Ricardo Brito Reese, he is uh this like Portugal NBA analysis guy. He's a oh yeah. He's good. Follow. He's a great great follow. follow. You if you're on Twitter, it's at R B Just spell it. <laughs> it's at R B R I T O R E I S. Follow this man. 
Ricardo Burrito Reese, but he said, yeah, it's just ankle soreness, nothing serious. But that was a bummer that we didn't get to see him last night. I'm so excited to see him. So watching him play on the same court as Davion Mitchell and with the rest of the Summer League guys for the Kings, that will give us a pretty good indication of maybe what they want to do with him, right? Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, like we mentioned, there are other bigs on this team. Uh, Roshan Holmes is probably the clear starter right now unless they can bring in somebody else. Um, but you mentioned Nimi should be able to outplay Alex Len. I think Nimi's just way – like, I think he's a better basketball player than Alex Len. Um, and especially for this type of lineup, like, Sacramento is fast. And Nimi can actually move really, really well for his size. Like, the one thing you don't want to do if you're trying to offset three guards with the center is have somebody who can't even get up and down the court. Nimi, he can move. Um, he's not clumsy. He's actually pretty pretty fast. Like, I don't want to oversell him and talk like he's some some quick quick twitch guard, but he's he's fast. He can get from one side of the court to the other pretty smooth and pretty fast. So I think he fits in better than, than some of those centers, but he does have to get on the court and show what he can do. And, like, I think once he gets in in some of these summer games, he missed the California Classic, but once he gets in and starts playing some of these summer games, I think you're going to see he's going to humiliate a lot of guys, and he's going he's gonna to show that he's just fine. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I am, just in terms of uh, where I think the Kings are. My new favorite NBA team, the Kings, uh, and where where Nemeus fits in. Um, I think it's gonna be fun to watch. There's gonna be a lot there in the next couple of years. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does crack the rotation very soon. Um, but I do I do want to talk about some of the scouting reports that I've seen and heard. Like I said, I'm I'm the number one Kings fan now, so I've been listening to a lot of. Um, a lot of Kings uh, radio podcasts and stuff like that. And I want to talk about some of the scouting reports because there's some good ones, some bad ones, and some that are just plain lazy coming from the Sacramento area. So let's let's I, I want to bring those up and just get your thoughts on some of those, Jacob. So some of the criticisms that I'm seeing of Nimi Escada, um are that he's raw and just, you know, he's, he's raw and that he – commits a lot of turnovers. Um, what are your thoughts on those two criticisms coming from uh, the Sacramento media brass? Well, raw is kind of a cliche that you use for, like... Everyone says that about rookies, right? Yeah, for rookies yeah. and especially, like, centers. There's yeah. some validity to it. Yeah. But relatively, like, because we followed him so closely for the past three years. Yeah. He was raw his freshman year. You he was raw 40 pounds ago when he was... <laughs> yeah, when he was... So, in our mind, just from... His development, I don't see him as raw. I see him as... He's, like, polished. He's yeah, a finished yeah, product. He looks yeah. fine-tuned. But, obviously, you got to take a leap to the NBA level, and there's yeah. a chance that he probably will look raw at the NBA yeah. level. So I think that's probably fair. Um, with the turnovers, his assist-to-turnover ratio was pretty good. It was positive. Yeah. There are point guards that don't do that. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You are a setter, and you have a positive <laughs> assist-to-turnover ratio. That's, like that's unheard of. Like, yeah, that, that's crazy. Yeah, so good. get that out of here. It's because his usage usage rate was so high last year. Like, yeah, you're gonna have turnovers. But if you're a center and you're dishing out more assists and turnovers, that is a huge. That was huge green light. Huge, and that was such like an unfair take. That, that was so lazy. I would hear that. I'm like, you didn't watch a lot of basketball. So uh, let's let's go back to raw. My thoughts on him being raw. It's like every time someone would say like, oh, this guy's raw. I would expect them to bring up like the fact that he hasn't had a full off season to develop. And no one brought it up. And, like, if you've listened to our show, we've talked about that quite a bit where, 
Nimi hasn't had a single full offseason at the level in which he's playing to develop with coaches and be in gyms and stuff. So, yeah, of course he's going to be raw, but you give him one full offseason with training facilities in Sacramento, and I think he's going to get real polished up real quick. We've talked about how far he came from, like, as a freshman to now without having really good offseasons, and it's crazy. And so, yeah, he's raw, but also, like, that's lazy. Do your homework. Um, and then, yeah, the turnovers thing, like, that's what happens when you run your entire offense through a center. They're going to turn the ball over. And, like, the other thing is Utah State was a really turnover-prone team last year. Like, it was just, like, a turnover-prone system. And so that's just not a fair criticism to put that on Kata, especially when he had a positive assist-to-turnover rate, which is unheard of. Like, I don't think our point guards – the guards on our team had that last year. <laughs> like, Kato was just so dominant and just so good. So that was that's kind of a lazy take, I think. Um, some of the upside scouting reports said that he has a great body. I think that's true. I think he's got a fantastic body for the NBA, uh, especially for a true center. He's got to bulk up, I think, a little bit. Um, some of the other upsides was that he's got great interior defense and great rebounding and good offense. I think that's all true. Do you have anything on that? Uh, yeah, no, that's very it just, accurate. It's... It just seems accurate. Um, and then one thing that I think everyone kind of missed is his passing ability, his, his ability to get rebounds and kick it out. Um, his pick-and-roll ability was completely, like, untalked about. Is that a word, untalked about? No one talked about it. And that was disappointing. And, like, this is a big part of his game. Um, so I, th- I think they missed his passing. And so I think that's going to be a way, like a one way he can really shine, especially in these summer league games when he's leading the team in assists like he did at Utah State for a long time. Yeah. That's going to that's gonna turn some heads. Yeah. Right now I am looking. It's got a little bit sidetracked because I was looking at some assist to turnover ratios from last season and I was kind of cheering for Raleigh Wooster to have like a negative assist to turnover ratio <laughs> drive in our point 92 assist to 64 turnovers so sadly not quite okay but, but like he's a point guard so he better Brock Miller 25 assists to 20 turnovers yet Brock had 25 assists in the entire season it's our guy Brock we're a Brock Miller show we, we like Brock Miller we that's... love Brock Miller great pruner defender when he's hot, he's hot. But my man only had 25 assists in, yeah. like, what? how many games did we play last year? 30? Come on. Come how, many, on. how many did Keta have? Keta had 77 assists. Oh, my gosh. And so Raleigh actually had 92. He might have – he was – I think he had the highest um, assist rate on the team. And then Marco had 88. And then Keta had 77. Yeah. And for a long time, Nimi was leading the team in assists. Like, for the first half. Oh, it's true, yeah. Raleigh kind of turned it on there at the end a little bit with his passing, but for a while it was kind of the... Part of that, because he he was young. But anyways, yeah. Do you know who who did? I know, totally sidetracked at this point, but I'm I'm enjoying this. You know who did have a negative assist-to-turnover ratio? A guard on last year's lineup. One guard did have a negative turnover. Is it Steve-O? No, it wasn't Steven Ashworth. Who? Ozzy, Ozzy. Sean Bearstow. Oh. Our guy, Sean Bearstow. 19 assists to 22 turnovers, yeah, including the wide open fast break against the MLB where he lost his cookies and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all that just to show that Keda is really good at basketball. Like he, he's he a great passer, and I think the reason people overlook that is because that's not what you look at a center to do. But once he starts doing it, 
it's going to turn heads. And then just like the last note that seemed to come up every single time someone brought up Nemius Keda's name was that he's going to have a, have a have a tough transition. And again, that's just one of those things that goes without saying. It's kind of lazy. Every center, every, every time a center goes up a level, whether it's from high school to college, college to the pros, like he's with the big boys now. Like he's with he's with the big boys. So of course it's going to be a tough uh, a tough transition. The one thing that does a little bit worry me, and it's been alleviated a little bit with some of the moves Sacramento has made, but um, the fact that Sacramento didn't have a really good center there to mentor him was a little bit worrisome. Um, but I think Rashawn Holmes and Tristan Thompson are. You know, they're, they're both veteran centers, so hopefully they can help him out in making that transition. But um, Yeah, Thompson led the Cavs to four straight finals appearances. Put the team on his back, dude. Yeah. <laughs> there was nobody else on literally no one else on that team. That was him really and Della <laughs> like, they carried that team. <laughs> yeah, it was literally Tristan Thompson and Delhi. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, they hopefully did, They hopefully did have a pretty good have. small forward on that what, roster, What was that too. guy's name? Lejane LeBron. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully Tristan and, and Rashawn Holmes can be uh, mentors to Nimi as he does make that transition because that is a tough transition to make. I think that's probably the most difficult position to make that jump, uh, just because the guys are so much bigger, they're just as athletic, and yeah, he'll take a beating. Uh, there's going to be some centers that humiliate him his first year, probably second year, um, but he'll bulk up, he'll get stronger. He's already great on his feet, and he'll he'll be just fine. But there there is that transition period, so. That's to be expected. Yeah. No, we're uh, we're looking forward to see seeing what Keta can do in the uh, in the purple. Yeah, my favorite team, Sacramento. So Nimi to Sacramento. That's been the number one or the number two thing on my mind all week, other than Justin Bean signing with Taco Time. There's a good chance Nimi isn't a king for very long. If he is. It's going to be exciting to see the next five years. Like I said, like the Sacramento Kings are probably on a five-year window. So wrong team, right time is kind of my takeaway. But we'll see. Hopefully he gets playing time. Hopefully he gets to develop. And hopefully he gets to make a lot of money doing something that he likes to do. Um, but I think that will do it for this week's show. We already gave Brock Miller a shout-out. So I think we are good to go. Yeah, well, I mean, we still we still need a raise in Canes and Logan, so... That's true. Yeah, I'll keep talking that up till it happens. That's true. We don't, we don't need an in and out We don't need a Target. We don't need a Costco. <laughs> Get out of here with that. We got Sam's Club. We need a Raisin Cane's. Yeah. Perfect. We will be back next week, and we will be probably full football mode next week. Next week will be full football mode. We have just under a month till football, so it, it's full football mode from here on out. We'll keep you updated on Nimi but it's, it's going to be full football mode. Yeah, last thing I want to say, shout out to Manny Martins and the USU soccer team. They started fall practice on Tuesday. They did. And so it's also, it's full soccer mode right now as well. So It's, it's full college sports. It's, it's like, fall. Summer's it's full fall camp. Summer. Yeah. As far as we're concerned, don't worry about the temperature. Don't worry about the sun being in the sky. It's fall time. Yeah. It's fall so, time. Summer's we're, we're over. Rolling, baby. It's college sports. Heck yeah. Um, buy your tickets now. There's no reason BYU and Boise State at home shouldn't be sellouts. Get your tickets, and let's go. Yeah, we don't want to see any Royal or Orange in our stands for those two games. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, get your tickets now. Let's go. Let's have a good season. All right. That's our show. See you next week.